بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين صلى الله على سيدنا محمد وآله الطيبين الطاهرين سلام عليكم ورحمة الله and Eid Mubarak uh, today here is the third of Sha'ban and this is the birth anniversary of Imam Hussein عليه السلام inshallah it will be a very blessed and happy occasion for all Muslims and especially for you uh, if I receive confirmation about the quality of uh, voice and video then inshallah we can start our webinar so as soon as I get it inshallah yes okay uh, as you remember, we've been talking about a beautiful wise saying of Imam Ali alayhi salam addressing Kumail ibn Ziyad al Nakha'i. And if you want to summarize uh, the whole saying, we can say it is about the value of knowledge and the merits of the knowledgeable, uh, the ulama. Uh, what we have discussed so far was uh, I start from the beginning very quickly I read Ya Kumail ibn Ziyad inna hadhi al-qulub aw'iyatun fakhayruha aw'aha O Kumail the son of Ziyad these hearts are like containers the best of them is the one which has greater capacity so protect and keep what I tell you and people are one of the three groups uh, you can also look at the slide if you like uh, the first group are the people who have knowledge and they are also very close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala they are uh, connected devoted to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the second group is the people who have not reached the level of being considered as alim as a person who is independent in his knowledge he doesn't need to ask ordinary people he doesn't need to check and find the answer for his question by asking other people he himself can go back to the sources and applies proper methodology and find the answer or he is inspired by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, so he is not like them but he is muta'allimun ala sabil najat he is a learner but in the right manner a learner who is not confused a learner who is not receiving his education and training from people who are not reliable or people who have no proper knowledge no he is a learner at the service of great ulama great scholars and uses proper methodology devotes time and energy and attention so he is day by day learning more and more so if he continues like this he would become one of the first group or very close to them Wahamajun the third group which would be the people who neither are alims nor learners are the people who are like some flies like some mosquitoes for example they just go to the direction that the winds take them and they follow 
every call, every new ism, new idea which comes, new slogans which come, they go after it. Yamiluna ma'akul rih. Rih means wind. And then Imam Ali Salam said, Lam ilm. They haven't acquired the light of knowledge. They haven't been enlightened with the light of knowledge. They remain in darkness. And they have not taken refuge uh, with a very solid and firm pillar which is knowledge and knowledgeable people. So they are weak, they are vulnerable, they are very uh, much subject to changes and to even damage and destruction. Now we want to start from the part that we uh, didn't study. So far, Alhamdulillah, we managed to study last week. Ya Kumail, this is second time Imam addresses Kumail. Ya Kumail, al ilmu khayrun min al mal. O Kumail, knowledge is better than money, better than wealth. This is a very simple comparison and perhaps many people even in the primary school <coughs> have written compositions you know about comparison between knowledge and wealth but unfortunately although the answer is simple but unfortunately till end of our life we struggle with this comparison and with this contrast and I am afraid to say that many of us uh, would not be able to really give priority to knowledge when it comes to choosing either knowledge or wealth. Uh, many people prefer to have both or if not both, the wealth precedes. Why I say even having both is a problem because if you want to have knowledge and wealth together then you would not go for the options in which you would have greater chance for having knowledge if the wealth is not there you would limit yourself to the options that would give you both we don't have problem with having wealth but it shouldn't limit your options for learning you should learn you should be dedicating your life for learning especially learning what makes you closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then if as a side product the wealth comes which normally comes at least to the sufficient level that's fine but if you say, I want to have only those options for learning that would give me wealth, then that's a problem. Or if you want to say, I only want wealth, again, that's a problem. So we should try to aim at achieving maximum amount of knowledge. And then on the side, we should also try to be uh, open to opportunities that arises for having enough of wealth and Allah has guaranteed for everyone especially for the seekers of knowledge to provide them with sufficient means and resources okay so this is Imam's uh, answer about this 
very uh, a standard question about uh, which one is more important knowledge or wealth imam says ya kumail al-ilmu khayrun min al-mal o kumail knowledge is better than wealth okay this is imam saying this and even if imam doesn't bring any argument for that we would accept because we know that imam doesn't say anything in vain but still imam brings arguments so that you would be convinced and this is the way that our imams used to uh, speak to people they always tried to make people understand not to give them just instructions because they were instructors but at the same time they wanted to make sure that people understand what is the basis for these instructions so that if a time comes that they have no access to imams on the basis of what they were taught by imams they would be able to understand the instructions by themselves this is very important a good teacher is the one that uh, not only gives good ideas but also teaches his students the methodology and the way to come to uh, solutions so that if for some reason he is not with them they can continue themselves so Imam salam says there are reasons for knowledge being better than wealth one is that uh, knowledge protects you knowledge keeps you safe but when it comes to money or wealth you have to protect money is something that you have to always be worried you have to protect it in different ways first protect it against theft against loss against i don't know fire earthquake natural disasters against inflation against drop of value bankruptcy so there are many different ways that our wealth is subject to loss and you have to be very concerned about it but what about knowledge knowledge is quite different knowledge would be taking care of you and protecting you if you have knowledge you can protect yourself indeed even when you want to protect your money you have to use knowledge uh, if you give uh, lots of money to someone and he hasn't have knowledge he would waste it he would lose it knowledge is the main protector for you for your health for your family relations i don't know business relations anything successful uh, in your life any project any effort that you have had it was through knowledge and to keep it again you need knowledge so there's a big difference between what can protect you and what needs your protection knowledge in a sense in a sense i'm not saying from every aspect but knowledge in a sense is at your service but why i'm saying in a sense because in another sense we should be at the service of knowledge we should be at the service of truth but in a sense knowledge is serving us because it brings all the benefits to us but wealth is something that you need to be at its service yes 
there are people who have wealth and their wealth doesn't preoccupy their mind doesn't take their attention it's something marginal for them their attention is on the things which are very important but also they do some business they are good actually in the business they make money they create opportunities for work for other people uh, they are very good in this but it's not that day and night they are concerned about this they do it as if it's a game their attention is somewhere else that's different but many people uh, accumulating wealth becomes a very big issue for them and preoccupies their mind so then they would be at the service of the wealth like the people who have very for example very good car very expensive car then for whatever they drive whenever they park they're worried if they want to for example park it somewhere to go to the mosque they're worried what happens to my car or if for example um, I don't know if for example someone wants to borrow their car for an uh, emergency they are worried anyway the second is let me change this uh, the slide yes Another difference is that wealth would be reduced when you spend. By expenditure, it would be less. If I have money and I spend it on either charitable purposes or for example normal expenditure I give salaries I pay bills for business or I spend on my family and my relatives uh, and my I don't know for example health so money is reduced wealth is reduced of course we believe that if you spend your wealth in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inshallah Allah will give you back even in dunya and for example the people who give charity even in dunya they will be given more but generally speaking this money is lost maybe Allah will give you more instead of that but this is going away you understand what I'm saying so for example if you pay something for going for Hajj okay we have in Hadith the minimum reward of Hajj is you will be given back this money but that money literally is spent maybe another money comes back and sometimes it doesn't come back you spend uh, God forbid ten thousand twenty thousand dollars on one operation uh, for example you have a problem with uh, your heart or your kidney you spend lots of money okay that's gone anyway by using money you would have less money but what about using your knowledge is knowledge also spent in the sense that it is consumed it becomes less if I teach one person or ten people or one thousand people would it be making any difference when it comes to money if I give money for example one dollar to one person so I have one dollar less if I give to ten people I have ten dollar less if I give to one thousand people one dollar to one thousand so I have one thousand less but if I teach hadith to one person do I lose anything and if I make it to ten people would it be Ten times worse or one thousand people would be one thousand worse no at all my knowledge is not changing indeed Imam salam says knowledge 
indeed becomes more when you teach people when you pass on your knowledge your knowledge even becomes better you would not forget first this is the first thing you know if you have some knowledge and you don't use it you don't share it you may forget it so first you don't forget second your knowledge can even increase many many times it's during teaching and discussion and writing that you would have new ideas or new angles of the subject would come uh, known to you so knowledge is increasing the third argument that Imam mentions is that Sani means product. What can be produced by money, what can be achieved by money, when the money disappears, that also disappears. What you get through wealth disappears as soon as wealth disappears. What does it mean? It means that what you can achieve with your money is subject to loss. Money, as long as it remains as money, is a worldly affair. As long as you have money because sometimes with your money you do something which can remain eternally for example you use your money for making a mosque a school a hospital uh, help people to get married help people to have education you publish books you you know do something good that's different that money is uh, changed is converted to another currency which works in the hereafter but money as such if you keep it and you don't convert it to something which would be useful in the hereafter that is only useful in this dunya it's like two different countries that they don't accept the currency of each other so if you have currency of country A and then you take it to country B, they don't accept it. But if you transfer it to a currency that would be useful in the country B, or if you manage to buy with the currency of country A while you are there, some properties in country B, then when you go there, you have everything. Okay, so money, as long as it remains as money, is a worldly thing. And therefore, like anything in this dunya, is um, subject to destruction, subject to uh, being expired, it expires. Everything in dunya expires. Everything is finishing and expiring except the face of God anything which is given to God everything which is facing God that's different that remains everything is with us is expiring but what is close to Allah that's remaining so if you make something with your money and it's remaining as a worldly affair like you have lots of notes or I don't know gold and silver or a stock or even properties everything would be finishing the maximum you can keep it is when you are alive can it remain for you after you die 
it will be given to other people. You cannot benefit from anything of this dunya when you die. Even when you are alive, can you benefit from all your money, all your properties? No, many of them remains unused. But if you achieve something with your knowledge, then it would remain for you. Indeed, your knowledge is something that would be coming with you to your next station. An alim, when he dies, he dies with his knowledge. He doesn't go with his money. Money remains here, but knowledge goes there. And when you are resurrected as an alim, that's another issue. You know how great it is to be resurrected as an alim. Uh, we have this uh, hadith in many, many sources, very beautiful hadith, that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Man hafidha ala ummati arba'ina hadithan whoever from my nation memorizes 40 hadith that they benefit from in their life they would be resurrected on the day of judgment Allah would resurrect him as a faqih as a jurist as a knowledgeable person if you learn and memorize 40 beneficial hadith 40 hadith that you have implemented in your life you would be inshallah resurrected as an alim and this is why many ulama have written books called arba'in means 40 hadith like imam khomeini sheikh bahai many other people so imagine if someone instead of having 40 hadith he has thousands of verses of the Quran and hadith and instructions and tafsir and everything. He's an alim like Allah Tabatabai, for example, or Ayatollah Mutahari. So, what would be his case on the Day of Judgment? And there are many hadiths, beautiful hadiths, about the position of ulama on the Day of Judgment and how they would even intercede for other people. So, knowledge is not something which is worldly and therefore remains in dunya and doesn't give you company no knowledge comes all the way with you and paves the way for your meeting allah with allah subhanahu wa ta'ala indeed allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says amanu minkum Allah raises those of you who have Iman, who have faith, and those who have knowledge in ranks. Some ulama say that, like Allah Metabatabai in first volume of Al-Mizan, he says that certain level of progress in the hereafter depends on Iman. But then those who have Iman after that, they make progress according to the level of their knowledge. According to this ayah, they have different ranks depending on their knowledge. Anyway, what is produced and achieved by money would be lost when money is lost. Again, Imam talks to Kumail, addresses Kumail. This is uh, a way of keeping your audience, you know, uh, alert. You address them. Like, for example, even today, when someone gives a lecture, for example, in the United Nations, after every few sentences, for example, he says, uh, for example, to the general secretary of UN or you know the um, participants you know he addresses them so Imam uh, keeps mentioning Ya Kumail ibn Ziyad Ma'rifatul ilm 
دین یدان و بهی اوکومه لبن زیاد knowledge and this is very important you know we say معرفه because معرفه is a very powerful way of knowing something علم is general any information about any subject is علم <coughs> but معرفه has to be very strong very um, powerful very detailed very personal if I have heard about someone <coughs> but I don't have any detailed information about him I have never met him I don't say I have ma'rifah of him I say I have ma'rifah of someone if I know him in a personal way so Imam says ma'rifatul ilm deenun yudanu bihi it is a kind of deen deen although we translate it as religion but initially literally deen means a way of acting a way of behaving so knowledge is a kind of religion a kind of behavior that you can act upon it so it's a kind of thing that can become your lifestyle a kind of thing that you can follow in your life a guideline for your life it's like a whole philosophy of life you can act upon it you can behave you can make relations uh, you can make decisions based on this yaksibul insan ata'ata fi hayatihi wa jamil al uhduthati ba'da wafatihi if you are alive so during your life with knowledge you can achieve obedience so this either means that you can obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or it means that you would be obeyed by people both are possible there are two ways to interpret this you would learn how to obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and also people would obey you because people would obey the people who have knowledge of course the people who have knowledge they don't want people to obey them because of their own selfish interests no but they love people to obey them because they want to guide people a great alim a great teacher he has no selfish you know motivation here that oh people should obey me no but as a teacher you want people to appreciate what you say you want people to take your direction so if I tell people you know please don't do haram I like to be obeyed because if I keep saying people don't do haram and then they do haram I feel my energy is wasted I feel I'm useless so if you have knowledge then in dunya people would obey you as long as I mean you are alive even sometimes after you die still people keep obeying you like ulama that have passed away we still follow their instructions even when it comes to taqlid you may remain with your marja who has passed away or according to some uh, ulama if your marja was more knowledgeable you have to remain with him but even if it is a matter of akhlaqi or moral lessons or other issues we still benefit from their guidance and when an alim dies then he is always remembered and praised after his departure how much we revere we respect our great ulama who have passed away
so when they are alive they are respected and obeyed when they die they are again respected and in some cases even as I said it still can be they can be obeyed but what about the people who have no knowledge so even if they have lots of money it's not necessarily bringing them respect yes sometimes the people who have money some people who themselves are interested in money respect them but this respect is not a real respect this is a respect hoping that they can gain something from them but if they don't give them money those people who were respecting them start blaming them or if they have you know com competition in business they say all the bad things about each other sometimes or you know they try to damage the reputation of their you know competitors uh, I'm not saying everyone is doing this but many times this happened if it is only a matter of money if if it is a matter of ethics and values that's different but if for someone everything is money then they become sometimes very cruel uh, but this is not about knowledge and then Imam salam says this is the last sentence for today this is our last sentence for today knowledge is the ruler is the governor knowledge is what is predominant what has the upper hand what can rule but money wealth is its subject so knowledge is like the king because knowledge controls you gives you guidance and then money is in your hand so when it comes to the ranks knowledge is the first knowledge is like the brain of the king which is ruling a country and wealth is one of its subjects so the value is much more if someone wants to invest if someone wants to get power recognition he should try to make friendship with the ruler with the king not with a subject of the king if it's a matter of priority which one is better if I can be in the mind and brain of the king or I can be a subject for the king which one is better if I can be a minister of the king or even someone who is advisor of the king the one that king listens to him or the one that has to listen to the king which one is better so okay let us stop here and answer some questions question one when related to Imam Qadim and Imam Al-Mahdi what is our role as Muslim locally and globally in face of current suffering in Ummah is facing uh, yes this was from last week of course what we need to do is first of all to try to be a good believer I cannot explain enough what is the value of being a good believer a good believer is a source of light a source of guidance a source of hope and inspiration a source of balance and moderation a source of encouragement a source of comfort and relief for those who know him or her so if we are good believers in 
whom people can find the beautiful teachings of Islam and Ahlul Bayt this is a great achievement and on top of that if we can have a group of believers like this working as a team making a network then it can have great impact on the others if they can reach out to other people communicate with them share with them their understanding of Islam their understanding of what is right to be done today it can have great impact on other people so I think our first responsibility is to educate ourselves to equip ourselves with values especially social values of Islam to reach out to people from other schools of Islam or outside Islam and try to build bridges try to overcome prejudices misunderstandings about Islam or about the school of Ahlul Bayt and add to the respect that uh, people give to the school of Ahlul Bayt and to the Shia community and also we should be able to highlight some of the problems that exist in our own performance or some of our own people and try to in a wise way address them and try to remove them because sometimes we have problems from external sources what our enemies do sometimes we have also problems internally uh, knowledge is very important guidance of ulama is very much needed team working is very important but the core is taqwa the core is ma'rifa question two salamu alaykum alaykum assalam wa rahmatullah what knowledge is most important if one pursues his interest in gaining secular knowledge will he be answerable to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and is this wasted every knowledge is appreciated in Islam anything useful whether it is secular or religious is appreciated but there are two types of knowledge one knowledge is what everyone has to know one knowledge is uh, based on your interest for example when it comes to chemistry physics medicine mathematics we don't say everyone must know all of these things Yes, up to some basic level, indeed, everyone should know something about these uh, important sciences. But no one says that you have to specialize in all these sciences. It's up to you. You can become a mathematician or a physicist or a chemist or whatever. And it's very important. And Islam very much loves people who pursue different types of knowledge, secular knowledge, uh, religious knowledge. Everything is appreciated it's much better than remaining in a low level of knowledge but when it comes to knowing yourself knowing your Lord and knowing what your Lord expects from you for your own progress this is what everyone has to know until end of your life you have to add to this knowledge so the most important the most necessary type of knowledge is the knowledge that helps you in understanding yourself and your relation with your Lord your relation with other people and what you are supposed to do for the best of yourself and other people so this is a knowledge which is necessary for everyone question 3 Salam Shaykh Alaikum Salam Rahmatullah you mentioned about being on Taqlid on a Marja who has passed away like Ayatollah Khui at what point can do we switch to a living Marja or do we still have to be the Muqallid of the Marhum Marja and how do we choose the next Marja to follow thank you uh, Alaikum Assalam yes when you, someone was uh, in Taqlid of a Marja who has passed away uh, so normally our ulama say you can remain with him and because this is universally accepted so it's not controversial but if you want to shift 
to a new marja here there are details and differences some say you can shift which is the view of the majority and some say you can only shift if the dead marja is not more knowledgeable than the living one so if your dead marja like for example in your case Ayatollah Hui is more knowledgeable than the one that you have today as a living marja then some say you have to stay with him like Ayatollah Sistani so he says that you should remain with your dead marja if he is more knowledgeable but many say no so what should we do here either you should do ihtiyat to remain with your dead marja which would be accepted by everyone either as an option or as a necessity so if you remain with him you don't have problem according to everyone or you have to find out who is among the living marajah the most knowledgeable when you establish this through its own ways that who is the most knowledgeable then you ask him for advice if the most knowledgeable among the living says that you must remain with the dead marja who was a'lam you have to remain with him if he was a'lam if he says you have choice then you have choice or if after inquiring it becomes clear to you that uh, your living marja is as knowledgeable or more knowledgeable than the previous one then you can shift so when our marja dies passes away we should identify who is the most knowledgeable one among the living and then act upon his view if he says that we have option of remaining or shifting so we can shift if he says you have to remain if he was more knowledgeable then you have to remain so this is very logical and uh, it's you know is something that uh, completely makes sense uh, question four Assalamualaikum alaikum salam what about if your field is technology how can it help Islam uh, in all different disciplines you can have uh, some ways to help Islam uh, for example if it is technology one way is to use your knowledge to train other people giving knowledge giving technology to Muslims Muslim countries Muslim communities even Muslim individuals to prosper to develop is a good service especially if uh, this can be also established that Muslims are the people who can be among the first runners and pioneers in technology this is a great achievement and this would damage the stereotype that Muslims are you know not uh, advanced in technology or knowledge which is really not the case because Alhamdulillah in many cases many disciplines we find Muslim among the pioneers the second thing is that uh, we as Muslims should be able to offer models of technology which is at the same time moral and ethical because for us technology is uh, to be run and regulated according to values we cannot have technology which is not concerned about environment we cannot have uh, technology which is not concerned about man's psychological and spiritual needs technology is not just to make our body comfortable technology is to make our soul also at rest when it comes to designing for example i don't know machineries designing uh, housing um, city planning everything we should have attention to uh, environment we should have attention to next generations we should have attention to 
social issues psychological issues spiritual issues family issues children there are many many concerns that as muslims we should have when it comes to technology and this is very helpful for all humanity if we as muslims as christians as believers uh, work together to offer models of technology which is very uh, advanced but at the same time is very concerned about these values okay let us stop here I hope that inshallah this great occasion of the birth anniversary of Imam Hussein salam and the uh, inshallah coming ones the birth anniversary of Imam Zainul Abidin alayhi salam and Abu Fadl al-Abbas alayhi salam and in the middle of the month Imam Mahdi al-Jalallah ta'ala farajahu sharif's birth anniversary would be all sources of joy and happiness for you and your family if you have any problem in family may Allah inshallah help you to solve that problem and inshallah this would be a month in which our ill brothers and sisters would be healed and uh, the problems about lack of security and fear in some parts of the world would be inshallah stopped may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us forgive our brothers and sisters and enable us to have maximum amount of knowledge and maximum amount of uh, piety and taqwa please remember us in your dua and hope to inshallah meet you again next week